This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Welcome back to Coffee Number Five. When I moved to the United States, I had such a culture shock in many regards. I not only had to learn a language, I also had to learn those little things that makes a culture who it is. One of the things that I had to learn is about that meal that was somewhere in between lunch and breakfast called brunch. Immediately became one of my favorite meals. But also what I loved was the cultural part of the brunch. The part that it was a time to relax, a time to chat, a time to have a mimosa, but also was an opportunity to meet new people. And recently, I met another woman who loves to branch, Nicole Dillon. She created Woman Who Branch. And I would let her tell us more about this. Yeah, thank you. And I wanted to also say thank you for being on, like having me on. I'm very excited to chat with you. Um, like I told you, I got my my lipstick on, my coffee ready, and I'm so excited to talk about brunch and community. Uh, yeah, and I love that because now we have matching lipsticks and uh, both drinking our coffee. So we're ready to take on the world. Exactly. And that's one of the, the examples that I, I can give you, like new connections and new people that I met. And it's amazing. And we have this synergy. And so tell me. Yeah. So hello, everyone. I'm Nicole Dillon. Um, a little bit about me and uh, the the journey. So I'm the founder of Women Who Brunch. I'm also a nine to fiver. So I do this as my side business, hustle really hard um, at both and the balance between those. But uh, Women Who Brunch is exactly what it sounds like. It's for women who love brunch and food and connection and community and curiosity. It combines all of those things. And I started it back in 2013. So I was living in New York City and I, I'm an event planner, I'm in marketing, and I go to a ton of events. There's a plethora of events in New York City. Um, and I just felt like at the time I was going to so many events, like one a day, and I would get all these business cards. And at the end of the week, I would not remember who anyone was. And so that's where it kind of started. So it was also... Uh, in 2013, when Sheryl Sandberg, uh, the CEO, COO of Facebook, um, her book Lean In came out. So it was this really mix of empowerment and breaking the glass ceiling and women um, initiative. Like that whole conversation was really being a buzz. <laughs> um, so it was this mix of like, yeah, um, women. And then also like, I crave connection and community. I mean, New York city is there's millions and millions of people and you just kind of feel lost in it all. And, um, especially like as an adult, it's super hard to make new friends. Um, and of course brunch is such a lifestyle in New York city. So I wanted to combine all of these things. And that's when I started women who brunch. So with, um, the events themselves, we keep them really intimate. So I cap them at about 10 to 12 women. So it's a really unique, intimate. Let me ask you a, a question because, okay, you got these events, you got 10 women who want to branch. 
what happened next? People came in and they just start talking or you have to initiate it. Did you have a plan? Uh, do you have a questionnaire? How did it work? Yeah, I, I think it's just like a mix of really, I had a lot of community management experience, uh, social media, digital marketing experience. So I was just like really hyping it up. And that event planner in me, I, I love to plan. So each brunch has a different speaker, restaurant, and discussion. So it's not a formal presentation. It's very casual. I uh, keep them mostly kind of prefix. So, um, you know, you can order, you can talk, you know, the speaker talks about their subject and then there's room to network and to ask questions. So um, that's kind of how the breakdown of the brunches go. And so like, again, when I built it up so much, um, we have such a big like digital presence on email and social media that they would just sell out so fast. And then like word of mouth kind of happened <laughs> very quickly. So, but you felt like these women were in the need of knowledge. You were in the need of new friendships. Uh, what were they looking for? I think all of the above. I think that's the beauty of it because each person comes for different reasons because they want to check out a new brunch place because they're craving connection because uh, they want to learn about the topic. Um, and a big one is really they want to meet new people uh, and especially in the city. And I've seen so many friendships afterwards that um, they recommended for jobs or they just hang out after brunches. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of that. And that's great. I think it takes a lot of courage uh, for women mostly because I mean, I, I, I never want, was one of those. I mean, I hated clicks. I was more like a, a free soul that I tried really hard. I have to be honest. And I try really hard to be part of clicks and it doesn't work for me. Uh, I'm just go with the flow and I go with whoever I feel that I want to be. And I don't, I don't care. I never care if they are color or race or how do they look? I, it was, for me, it was completely nothing. And I just always love to meet new people and hear about their stories. But also, I have my friendships, and I have friendships that are old friendships, newer friendships, friendships that came through kids, friendships that came from work. Uh, but friendships are cycles. And I mean, it doesn't mean that you stop care about the person or loving even a person or a friend it just means that friendship is a two-way street and there are times in our life that there's just friendships that they are not so uh meaningful at the time it's not that you don't care for them but it's that two-way street is not working as much so it's totally okay to try to to identify that that's happening to you and you don't need to be alone or you don't need to be stuck uh, trying to force those relationships. Totally. I 100% agree. I, and I think we get caught up in just our lives, our, our work, our the digital noise, our families. And I think that is what you said is so in, important. To, it's the two-way street. I've had so many friendships where I, I do care about them but I've reached out so many times. And if I don't, you know, feel that reciprocation, you know, that sucks. <laughs> for me, for example, I honestly love friends, but my life changed drastically since I started my company and I'm super busy. Not Let's not even consider COVID and all this, but 
honestly, I need the support of my friends through this journey. If I cannot get the support of my friends, I just feel like right now it's not something I want to deal with. And people also, and I found this a lot in women. I'm not saying that men don't do it, but I feel like women are more open to do it. They're very judgmental and they feel like they can give opinions many times. I'm a woman, so I cannot speak for a man, but my friendship with men didn't happen as much. But I have uh, friendships with women that they're very judgmental and they can give an opinion of what you're doing without being in your shoes or being in your, in your field. And uh, that could be very hurtful. And with new relationships is people meet you in the way that you are right now. They are not comparing you with who you were before. I think friendship is such a long journey. When you first meet, yeah, it's like it's like dating. You gotta get to know them after a while. Um, I say to my clients always, like I always compare my clients with dating at the beginning. I say, well, we are dating. It's a relationship. I will never know what you like or what you don't like if I, you don't tell me. And with friendship, it's, it's the same. You need to be open and get to know each other and see what you have in common and what you don't. Yeah. And I think that also reminds me of this just digital culture of social media. I think a huge chunk of it stems from that as well. Of We feel like we have these platforms and I almost sometimes forget we forget how to communicate and have that human behavior inside of us to us like I don't you know if someone comes to my page and is saying like nasty things like that's like someone coming to your home like and saying they don't like like that's their value yeah yeah or people or people depending on how much how many likes they have or how many followers they have it's a value and it's not they prefer to have a lot less followers but uh, followers or friendships that they communicate and engage I prefer that than the like, to be honest, because that's what is real. Truly. And I've, I've seen that so much recently. I think, I mean, COVID, there's a lot of ups and downs and positives, but I tested out so many things where I was not ever camera facing and I put myself out more. And even recently, like I, I think of things that really resonate with me and I'm always still like, should I post it? And it's always like the ones that do so well, but it's just like relatable. And I think we have to also get back to that side of it on the digital side. Yeah, but also at the same time, there is like, I feel like a lot of the posts out there are being, people think too much what you post in many regards. And we're losing that rawness or being real. So I always say even to my clients and to myself, you know, you're in marketing like me and we know that we need to have a brand and the branding and you need to be true to your brand and keep it throughout all the platforms. But at the same time, you need to be a brand that you feel comfortable. If you're forcing your message and you think too much to the message, it's not real anymore as a personal brand. Totally. And I get stuck on it all the time. So it is such a practice. <laughs> so how, how do you get out of that? I think it's just really surrounding myself, I guess, with other social media people that really do it as well. You are, you know, it's like that quote, you're like, you are the five people you surround yourself with. Um, it's surrounding yourself with other like-minded people. And, and I get that drive from, from those. So if I see other people doing, I feel more empowered to do it myself. 
I think that's what it is for me. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is. And at the same time, are you comparing yourself with other people out there in social media? Or you trying just to read them as inspiration? Because how do you draw the line there? Totally. I I do it all the time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. Um, it's hard. I think it was more present at the beginning of COVID where I'm just like, what do I even do? What do I even want to do? Because it's such a my brunches were in person and kind of what's next, especially with, I have such limited time being a nine to fiver. So I would pull and compare myself to other communities, but I think I have to just stop and always remind myself of, I'm a unique, I'm only one of me. I'm a unique person. I have my own unique story to share. And I have to keep reminding myself of that. Uh, what someone else is doing. Like, I can't always be worried about what this person or this person is doing, or I'll also never get anything done and just have to remind myself of my story, I think. For me, a turning point was like to decide that people are not competition. I honestly believe that there is no competition. We are collaborators. And I think, and I think this year more than ever, it's time to collaborate and don't see the others and try to imitate others. And that's one of the reasons uh, I do what I do because I feel like so many companies, so many individuals will try to copy other people's strategy. You need to do what it works for you. And the minute that you stop seeing the world as a competition, you just relax. And that was a big lesson for me. I might see other people as inspiration. Yeah, yeah. And there are people see that they're making millions of dollars. Who knows? If they do, great for them. I don't know what people are doing, where the money comes from. Each one has their own journey and their own story. And I think the moment that you make peace with that, you are in a much better place. No, that's a great point. And totally. I've done so much of that, especially even last year of collaborating with so many, so many people in other communities. Um, I will always try to support other like women communities when they reach out. That's an excellent, excellent point. So what, I mean, you still have your nine to five Mm -hmm. and you have women's to branch and you have your podcast and what else? What, what's next for you? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I think, I, I mean, I'd love to start a family. I think that's a, a big, a big goal um, outside of brunching and, and work um, because I think family is super important. I can't wait to travel again. Um, I, I think in terms of goals, I mean, I ideally would love to do it like full time of brunch. And I I think what the perk or benefit of, I guess, you know, silver lining of COVID, if there is one, is it really helped me discover what I do and do not like. So I felt like I I really gave it last year a, a lot of testing. And I think that's okay too, to kind of figure out that, um, yeah, what you do and do not like. And I love creating recipes and creating content and and sharing that with people and and food photography. I I love the events and I definitely want to get back to those. Um, But just this like storytelling and this, I love that side of it. 
go for it. You, you, you know what you want. So I can't wait to see more of you. Nicole, thank you so much for being here in Coffee Number 5. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and, and be brave and speak up and being true to yourself. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. If you like the show, remember to leave a review. I will really appreciate it. If you want to know more about marketing and myself, follow me on Instagram. My handle is Lara Schmoisman. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.